Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Alexa via TuneIn, Blueberry, and anywhere else you can find. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website, abouttreeview.com. And if you want to support the show, there's a support tab at the top. You can follow the Amazon link to a shopping cart or leave a donation. That would be fantastic. And it's also on social media, at About Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me in the studio this week for the first time in like six weeks, I want to uh, say. I haven't been counting. Uh, I always count. Yeah. Sometimes I miss you even when you were right no, next to me. That is that is very tough. Uh, is welcoming back to the studio, Tim Hall, the People's Critic. It's good to be back. Uh, so is this your new setup right here? Uh, well, I got a new computer. Uh, it looks it looks smaller. It is. It, well, it is the same screen size, a 13-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. It just it looks a lot smaller than like the old white clamshell yeah. Mac I had. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> So yeah, this this is the new uh, new one. Very nice. I Very like sleek. it a lot. Um, so yeah, on this week's episode, we are going to talk about the geek news and some <laughs> some movies that we may or may not actually ever see. Uh, but the movies that we did see that we will be reviewing: Night School with Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish, A Star Is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Talk a little bit about Iron Fist season two, and then Tim is going to tell me about Hellfest. Uh, which is a new movie that isn't like select theaters. It's in theaters. It's everywhere. Okay. Yeah. I was not sure how wide they were going to It's a wide release. It. Nice. Cool. So uh, that will be on this week's episode. But before we get into that, we'll get into the original theme song created by Damon Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Okay, so right off the top of the show, Mm -hmm. first, welcome back to the studio. It's good to be back. Uh, You are wearing an Ultimate Warrior shirt. I am. Which will definitely tie into what we will talk about a little bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even without your shirt saying Ultimate Warrior, that is one of the old school wrestlers that I would have actually there known. You go. It's, it's, yeah. It's an so, iconic photo. It really is. Wow. Or, no, that, I was just thinking his outfit. What is that photo from? It's, it's just a warrior photo. It's okay. Him. I was not sure if that was from like WrestleMania 3 5. It's them on the ropes. Everyone knows that. Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, I did send you guys and Mike the picture of Ultimate Warrior, like in his full makeup, saying, "I look like a girl's bike." <laughs> There's streamers that's, everywhere. That's really. I'm gonna need you to to, <sighs> to tone down the disrespect before we end up uh, at, the, at the venue. <laughs> I don't want to have to fight a bunch of people because of you. I could take him. Um. All right. So the geek news. Okay. So Deadpool, yeah, is getting re-released into theaters in December with a PG-13 cut of it. <laughs> I. Do not understand this other yeah. than Fox is like, all right, we want to make a little bit more money before the end of the year. This PG-13 cut, the only reason I'm a little bit excited is they're doing like a Princess Bride yeah. style thing. I saw that. Where Fred Savage is actually in bed in his Bears jersey. Mm-hmm. And what, like you and I talked about before when we actually reviewed Deadpool 2, because he is behind a mask, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds can do ADR any day he wants. Like, if he comes up with a funny idea, 
He can go down to the studio, record some lines, they can drop it into the movie. Yeah. So this really plays into the strength of the movie where they can kind of do any sort of edits they want. Mm -hmm. I still do not really understand it. Some of the feedback that I saw online, people were like, oh, I'm so glad they're doing this. Now I can take my kids to see Deadpool. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, it, not sure that's something you want your kids saying or yeah. a comic you want your, your kids reading. It just, it's, it's an odd choice. I get them, the, the, them trying to re-release it, I guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. If you've seen Deadpool 2, I don't know why you'd want to go back and see it again, PG-13. No. I will see a, this version of it because I'm interested, but I'm not paying Because you're interested in the Princess Bride part of it. Not, Absolutely. Yeah. And because, again, that it is a clever way to be like, it's clever. here is what could have happened. And like right before Juggernaut like rips him in half, it could cut to the bedroom scene and be like, oh, nothing happened. Like, yeah. they could do some clever things. I just think it is weird. Yeah. But yeah, so I will see the version later in the year when it gets released. But right. yeah. Uh, one of the reasons that Fox is <laughs> shoving this movie in December to make a little bit more money. Right. So... Dark Phoenix, mm -hmm. a movie that you and I have been talking about for a year and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, they dropped a full trailer. They did. And literally two days later, they were like, oh, that movie that we just told you about? Yeah, we're delaying it uh, six months. Yeah. Again. Not six months. From February to June. It's four months. Four months. Febru oh, yeah, yeah. March. Well, yeah, yeah. It was four months. It's still four six. It's still it's still bizarre <laughs> so that, that you would have this big this big rollout for a film with the date and this mm -hmm. one's coming out and then literally seventy two hours later, if that you're like, yeah, it's coming out, which I thought was odd because you know we just talked about this uh, on May in the eighties mm -hmm. uh, this week where we talked about Alien, but in the discussion of this film, I was like, it's it's odd to me that. I think February is a movie where we see is a, is a month where we see these films like this flourish. Yeah, absolutely. Put it in February. We both know it's a lot of garbage gets dumped in February. Yep. A lot of a lot of project. Okay, garbage is a strong term. A lot of movies. A lot that of they... projects that they're not sure what to do with. <laughs> exactly. Same with August. Some of them are bad. Yeah. Some of them are good. Yep. So it made sense for me, you know. So at this point, come February, the last quote unquote superhero movie we have is Aquaman. Mm -hmm. So we've got from a two in December gap. in yeah. December. So we've got like a gap. So then now people are sort of people who like this sort of film, these sort of films are now kind of hungry for something new. Mm -hmm. you, you show them this movie. You've got a month or so before Captain Marvel. Where yeah. You can just you're, you're the superhero movie people are talking about. Flood the market. It is you. Mm -hmm. You get to say number one superhero movie of the year. You get to put all these yep. weird tags on your movie. Right. But then when you shove it to the middle of. The summer movie season it's just another movie it just, it just gets lost in the in the fray and i don't understand marketing wise like why you would do that yeah none of that makes sense to me none it's not attached to anything nope. it's not the it's, only... it's literally like sandwiching between a bunch of other movies <laughs> yeah in fact because the initial release date well they modified initial release date because we were supposed to get this movie this year 2018 yeah like like this fall yeah we were supposed well initially it was going to be in i want to say like march of 2018 no that was that was new mutants oh right right that one they pushed a yeah, this, an entire, yeah, entire year year plus uh, and then it was supposed to be like this fall and then it got bumped to 2000 because it came out around the same time that the announcement then it got bumped right to 2019 20, the end of 2018 mm -hmm. then it get bumped to early 2019 and now yeah. the middle of 2019 and again yeah it's right dumb. after you drop a trailer right after i don't understand it it's like there's no plan yeah. for what they're doing and 
in the recent marketing material, they dropped X-Men from it. It is just called Dark Phoenix. Yeah. That well, leads me to believe that this whole kind of Fox Marvel, yeah. Disney Marvel, uh, or Disney Fox yeah. merger, there that that had to be a tagline, like something in the language of the buyout of like, stop using X-Men. Just call it Dark Phoenix. Yeah. We will find a way to incorporate X-Men what do into you, what we are what doing. What do you think about the trailer? It looks terrible. I see. I don't think it looks terrible. It just looks like more of the same. It, like, have it looks they like more of the same stuff? You and I have said this over the past two X Men movies. Yeah, have they not learned anything? No. Like this, this movie looks like more of the same. It looks like Magneto against against Professor X again, mm-hmm. and the students, and someone switches sides. Somebody dies, and Storm has an umbrella. Uh. And yeah, it's, it's <laughs> as if that it's, it, it's. Remember when uh, Angel died in the plane crash? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. Like, why he has wings? He can fly. Yeah. There's a hole in this ship. Yeah. Why does he? How does he? Literally, die just in, jump out. Yeah, just jump out. The, he can fly. Why is he dying in this ship? <laughs> so it's gonna be more of that, like mm-hmm. Magneto killing people, and then Charles saying, "Oh, there's some good in you, Eric. I, I see it." It's more that. after you have murdered yeah. people yeah it's gonna be more of that and that's that's disappointing because i think yeah there's a much richer x-men story to tell that mm-hmm. they've avoided telling and i'm hoping that once the property lands over at marvel studios they start telling some of those stories well and especially with dark phoenix you and they there is a clip of them going into space okay but that, in I, this i think that's the beginning of the movie it has to be right. like because if not the rest of what we see in the movie it was like how how are they going to incorporate space yeah if the if not right there, they say like a large part of it takes place in space, but I don't know how that's possible. No, so yeah. I, just, I have no faith in this no. movie whatsoever. I'll watch it. I think it's gonna, not going to be great. The uniforms, I do like that they look like the kind of new X Men mm-hmm. version with the big yellow X across them. But one of the close up pictures, mm-hmm. they're just wearing like sensible slacks and a jacket. Yeah, and I'm like, dumb. I get that you are getting away from mm-hmm. the black leather Matrix inspired yeah. costumes in the early days, but again, you can now show after seeing Avengers, yeah, you can show any type of costume you want, whatever you want, and get away with it. This is the X Men. Yeah, it's I- odd. It's an odd choice, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so weird. Got speed to them. Uh, yeah, uh, and then the other movie again, Fox, oh. uh, Alita: Battle Angel. When is that coming out? Now it is coming out in February of 2019. Whoa! It was supposed to come out in December of 2018, but initially July of 2018. Yeah, I think that's a good b- date for that. Again, February, solid month to do February. it in. And so, so Fox is just film. like, yeah, Fox is just shuffling around all these yeah. movies without a plan. Uh, yeah, those anime eyes are gonna bug me the whole movie. I'm down for it. I yeah. liked the original anime. I read some of the manga. I know I'm, nothing I'm here about for the story. Okay, I would I would recommend it. The, I'm going in blind. Oh, all right. I'm going blind. Nice. Uh, the other movie in this kind of slate that mm-hmm. has been being talked about for probably three years now, Gambit. Oh God! <laughs> so they announced that Gambit is going to be a romantic comedy, mm. and it was like, okay, sure. Gambit is kind of the the womanizer hustler. Sure. Um, guess when this movie is coming out? 2020. One. <laughs> so, okay, well, actually, first question: When did they say this movie was coming out? Two thousand twenty-one. That was that, that it. No. Well, initially they cast Channing Tatum. He was yeah. part of like San Diego Comic Con. Like everybody was up on stage in twenty sixteen. Wait, they did a whole thing at Comic Con with that? 
Oh yeah, Channing Tatum was. Oh, like, I don't remember. I remember the Manassas. I didn't know they did a whole. Oh, like, he was there. Rollout. He took a big selfie, and he was like, "I guarantee." And it was like, "Cool, we're gonna get this yeah. movie, maybe." So, it was actually scheduled for 2018. Yeah, that did not happen. Then it was all right, June 2019. Yeah. Now it is March 2020. Oh. It so might not. It, it might not. This happen. is never happening. It might not happen. And Channing, I did refer to the movie as Crazy Rich Cajun. Wow. You're welcome for that. Um, I am writing that down. <laughs> You're welcome for that. When I said it was going to be a romantic wow. comedy. I said, oh, Crazy Rich Cajun. I'm down for that. That is amazing. Uh, but think of the setup. This woman is dating this guy. She has no idea he's a mutant. Yep. Well, except for his red eyes. Except for his red eyes. Ooh, he could wear contacts, though. He could wear contacts. Uh, she has no idea he's a mutant. And then yep. he's, he's got this mutant power. She thinks he's like a petty thief. Mm-hmm. And realizes he's a mutant. That could work. It, it the could. Script. I love Gambit as a character. So, so, so it's not going to be a big X Men style movie. What kind of mm-hmm. movie? If it's a romantic comedy, like what story are you telling? Is it Gambit? Basically, you could do like an Ocean, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, yeah. Thirteen style. Plot of heist. Yeah, or it's just him, you know, with you know being the womanizer, but he has this either grand idea for a heist, or he is like robbing her dad or her husband. Yeah, of something. Yep, and he's a mutant hating senator. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You could. I mean, this that, movie could work. Could work. I, just, I, don't trust, <laughs> I don't trust them. That could work. We're, I'm talking myself into this. Yeah, we're, we're never going to see uh, yeah, this movie. I'm talking myself into this. Okay. Um, a movie that uh, we do not need to really get talked into that I'm already excited for. Uh-huh. Holmes and Watson just dropped their trailer. I'm excited for it. I like those two together. That's the only thing that's even making it remarkably interesting for me. The trailer didn't do it for me. Oh, really? No. But I like those two, so I'm giving yeah. it a shot. John C. Riley, yeah. Will Ferrell. I like I mean, those two. Talladega Nights. Uh, and uh, step brothers, step brothers, like these two work really well together. Yeah. So I'm down for it. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, and then last bit of geek news: uh, Zack Snyder <laughs> was giving an interview recently. Oh God, this guy! And talking. Uh, seriously, <laughs> and somebody asked him. They were like, you know, if you had been able to do a Justice League sequel, yeah. sequel, would you have killed Batman? And he was like, Yeah, of course. Let's see. <laughs> like, so hold on you, no way. you killed jimmy olsen without even telling us it is jimmy olsen yeah. except for the credits yeah you kill superman you want to kill bat like why do you want to kill Batman? what are you doing because oh, he, he tried to like play it off like oh well in a recent final crisis storyline it was like yeah yeah and, you're not there yet though no not even close yeah it, it makes no sense that's, that's the stuff you see listen when they kill people in the next final infinity war Mm-hmm. That would have been like a ten plus year run. Yep, makes sense. People we, have learned; they yeah. love the characters. There's genuine grief when when Cap dies or whoever dies. People were ripped apart at the yeah. end of Avengers. Yeah, even Ant Man. Yeah, like people legitimately were taken off guard. People yeah. in our screening of that were like, <gasps> "Yeah, I wasn't ready." <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. But you you're giving me four years of a character, and you're like, "Yeah, well, he's dead now." That's dumb. <laughs> and again, the already gave us a dead Robin. Yeah, and the DC slate of films coming up, like, they're pivoting hard. With Aquaman, I think that is going to be the last of the darker movies. Shazam looks super light. Light and fun. Wonder Woman, so far, looks super light and fun. That's the best thing they got going, is that Wonder Woman. And it really is. mess it up. I, man, I hope not. (laughs) They are. I hope not. They're going to mess it up. Um, And the joke, like, everything we see so far from the Joaquin Phoenix, I keep having to... Say the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie because there are like four in development, but so far, like from what we have seen, it looks dark, it looks gritty. The, ti- I, the we, timing I, is off. We have not seen enough of that movie. We've seen no. the still shot. 
We've seen a shot of Zazie. Love her. And of then course. we've seen a shot of him coming off the train. That's it. That's all we've seen. And the makeup test thing. But that's yeah. fine. But that's that's nothing about the, the those. That's like yep. a brief snippet into what should be a feature length film. I'm reserving all judgment about whether or not the film is good or bad yeah. based on the little sort of hint we've seen in this movie. Like I said on, on last week's episode, I just need to hear his laugh. Doesn't even matter. The laugh doesn't matter to me. You can nail the laugh. I don't care. I want yeah. a good movie. Okay. Well, yes. Give me a good movie. That is asking a lot from DC these days. Just give me a good movie. I am so not over. I'm so uh, distraught with DC. Like If they just give me a good Joker laugh, I'm like, good I'm, job, guys. I'm more disappointed. Disappointed, yeah. I'm more disappointed because it's it's such a, you know, looking back. I remember having a conversation with Jessica one time and she was talking about how Batman's villains are better than Batman. And you just yeah. have this rich rogue gallery of villains to pull from. And they, they've done it. They, we're going back to the Joker again. Like, mm-hmm. give me something else. Yeah. It looks like if this Birds of Prey movie actually happens. Never happening. They've just cast some people. They, they just cast more people. Yeah. The cast looks, they cast some other people the other day. It looks good. I like the Blast Ma- Black Mask as a villain. Yeah. It's a different villain. Mm-hmm. This is the way I would like to see you go with this. Good cast, an interesting villain. Hopefully the story is cool. Out of, you're going to shoehorn in Holly, Harley Quinn at some point. Yeah. That that makes more sense. It just, I don't want to see the Joker again. I've seen him. Yeah. And we have seen arguably the best representations of him with Mark Hamill on the animated side. Heath Ledger in the live action side. I mean, people said that when when Ledger got the Joker. We've already seen the best Jokers, and then Ledger comes out and it's great. Yeah. So, so yeah, we we will see. We've seen some really legendary Jokers. Well, yeah. let's see. Maybe it's a different style of Joker. That's fine if it worked for that movie. I'm cool with it. But let's. I need to see way more before I get even remotely interested or excited about this project. Yeah. So we'll see. And then, oh, there was one other thing. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, I saw that. Mysterio. The, the set footage of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. They've not outright said he is Mysterio yet. You seen his outfit? The footage that they showed, he <laughs> yeah. was like in a green suit with a purple cape. Yeah, with the little things on the front. I'm like, it'd be odd if he's not Mysterio. <laughs> it would be. I mean, then again. That's a de- that's I a, trust Marvel. Yeah. If they were Marvel. to give us that suit and it is not Mysterio, because like there are ways they could do it. They He found that suit. And he became somebody else. Who knows? But so far, like he's Mysterio. it looks like Mysterio. Yeah. That again, Spider-Man has a massive rogues gallery. Yeah. We have seen Green Goblin four times. Yeah. Give us Mysterio. I think it is a fantastic it's, idea. It's a great idea. Give us Mysterio. Give us some other Spider-Man villains. Yeah. Um, like, I'm the rhino. <laughs> for two that? seconds. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, and Venom comes out this week. Um, I am missing... The Seattle screening, but I am seeing it in New York with you Jesse pay Damian. Your money to see it. Yeah, God bless the you, things, sir. The things I do. Did for, you see what Tom Hardy said? That they cut like forty minutes that he loved from the film. Oh, <laughs> yeah, forty minutes. <laughs> you didn't see that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a mess, bro. I can't. I'm, I'm down to watch. But yeah. Jeez, man. Um, I already be... read a review or read a spoiler. Yeah. Um, of, and I would just say that there there are two post credit scenes. Is all I will say. Um, connecting to what exactly I will tell you about them off off mic if you want to hear yeah. them what are they connecting to yeah we, we will see oh but god oh yeah so I'm excited for Spider-Man Far From they Home they better connect the, the Spider-Verse cartoon uh, we will see we will see <laughs> um, okay so yeah so that that was the, the geek news for this week okay. so the first movie on the docket is the Tiffany Haddish Kevin Hart led Night School Ooh, Night School. Yeah, directed by uh, Malcolm D. Lee. Oh, like Malcolm D. Lee. Re- Undercover Brother yeah. is still one of like my favorite 90s movies. 
Uh, he did all of the best man tr- solid upcom- movie, upcoming man. trilogy because they're doing a third one. Those are solid films. Uh, they are. They're solid. Uh, so this film uh, is the first of Kevin Hart's production company, Heartbeat. Heartbeat Productions. Heartbeat Productions. He had a hand in writing this. Uh, the storyline is basically he is a successful barbecue salesman who drives a Porsche. His awful barbecue grills. Well, they play into that like he is living outside of his means. Okay. So his girlfriend, though, I it was George Foreman. Uh, Megalyn, not going to pronounce your last name. Love her. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Is, is it a Nigerian last name? I think so. Um, yeah, I just, I don't want to disrespect that by just butchering it. Yeah. But yeah, Megalyn, she was in, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Tomorrow for a couple sense. episodes. Um, in the, yeah. She's voiced the animated series. Yeah. She, uh, what else was she in? She was in, uh, that is the Showtime show. Uh, I really, with Don Cheadle. Uh, why am I spacing on that show? Oh, House of Lies. Susan House of Lies. Gotcha. And she was in that, that sorority movie on Netflix, Stepsisters or whatever, where, where all the college girls were like in their thirties. It's the best. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they're not. These aren't undergrads. This is, yeah. Yeah. She was in that. And she was in, uh, she was just in something else, too. I, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah. So that is his girlfriend. She is a very successful businesswoman. And that is why he kind of lives outside of his means. Is he is trying to kind of keep up appearances. Gotcha. Uh, Kevin Hart's best friend uh, is played by, I can't remember his name, uh, Ben Schwartz. Okay. Funny guy, and like Ben Schwartz is a financial advisor, and he is like, Kevin, or not Kevin, Teddy, just really, like, she loves you anyway. Right. Just be yourself, blah, blah. But of course, he does not. Puts this elaborate proposal together mm-hmm. at the barbecue place, right? Just stick with it. That is the least dumb thing about this movie. Wow. At this barbecue place. Oh, no. As he pops the champagne bottle, he hits a gas thing. Oh, wow. Is that stupid? Fast forward 30 seconds later, the whole thing explodes. Uh, they of course both survive. He gets comically jettisoned outside of the place and lands on his Porsche and cracks the windshield. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then he realizes that since he no longer has this job that he was employee of the month at forever, he needs to get a new job. Oh, time out. Yep. This sounds painful. Okay. All, already. This is the first 15 minutes. <laughs> sounds painful, bro. <laughs> I, so I was sitting next to our buddy, Jeremy, Jeremy yeah. Johns, another local critic. Yeah. And I was like, this is one of the dumbest movies I have seen. It sounds painful. And this go is ahead, the first 15 ahead. minutes. This, this sounds painful. Go Continue that. It sounds... Ugh. So he basically realized he needs a new job, but he dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, of course, he was the cool kid you know, in high school. Dropped out of high school. Uh, so he needs to take his GED. Okay. The whole time, of course, he's not telling his fiance, because mm-hmm. she accepted the proposal before the gas explosion, uh, that he never finished high school. Mm-hmm. So he's doing this night school. Tiffany Haddish is the teacher. The other classmates are just a ragtag group. Romney Malco's in it. Yeah, Rob him. Riggle. Rob Riggle. Uh, Mary Lynn. Fat Joe. Ross Cub. Fat Joe. Fat Joe is hilarious. Like, yeah. I want to see him in more stuff. <laughs> like, the guy is actually like a decent actor because he knows his range. Yeah. He is not doing anything too challenging. He is being Fat Joe. Yeah. 50 Cent knows his lane but tries to go outside of it. And you're like, nope, yeah. not a good actor. Right. But as... As a certain lane, yeah. So anyway, so this ragtag group of adults in this classroom, and one girl who said that she has to get her GED or she goes back to juvie. Okay, so we we're, we're like, all right, maybe all she right. is like seventeen, you all know, right. maybe eighteen. Uh, hilarity does not ensue. Right. 
this movie just plods along in the weirdest ways. The whole time he is like trying to get his GED and Tiffany Haddish is the the hard on him teacher, but she really cares for him and wants him to succeed. That's dumb. You do you remember Summer School? Vaguely. The old eighties film? Vaguely, yeah, yeah. So uh, stay with me. So Fist Fight <laughs> is kind of like three o'clock high, but yes. in a, a way. And it's, it works. It works. Yeah. I thought night school was gonna be kind of like summer school. See, I don't know summer school well enough to, well, to some, make the you, comparison. Mean, you spend time with people in this class, and mm-hmm. this teacher played. Uh, who plays in that? I forgot who played the teacher. I don't even know. Um, Let me pull it up. It's him, and it's like this again, like a ragtag group of students trying to get through the summer. Okay. Through summer school, and it's funny. Uh, Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley's in it. Uh, hmm. It's funny. Okay. It's funny. They got like this 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 foreign exchange girl who shows up who the two nerdy oh, school I, guys. So th- like. this is the description of summer school, nineteen eighty seven. Yes. A high school gym teacher has big plans for the summer, mm-hmm. but is forced to cancel them to teach a bonehead English class for misfit goof off students. Yes. So yes. Now that I see that, because again I yeah. don't remember that movie at all. Very similar. Could could have been that could have been the movie, but it sounds like it's not. No. Cause here is what some of the problems are. Kevin Hart, when he goes to like do some math, yeah, the equations are kind of coming right. off the board, and he has these kind of freak out moments. Not even a spoiler alert. Uh, it turns out that he has a learning disability, mm-hmm. so he is dyslexic and also has a couple other um, learning disabilities. Right. Some of that is in one of the trailers, and he was like, "Oh, I got learning herpes." Blah yeah. blah. So they bring in this interesting concept mm-hmm. of an adult who has these issues and how do you then as an adult cope with them and work through them. Mm -hmm. It does nothing to actually address people who are living with these, not even suffering, but just living through it and coping with it. It's odd to put that in the script and then not do anything with it. That's a choice to be like, we're going to write this script where this guy has dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. Um, What were some of the other dumb things? (laughs) Uh, I mean, again, the cast is funny. Like it is a group of funny people. Yeah, but it almost feels like they're doing whatever they can to not be funny. Yeah, I was. The listening, timing is just weird. I listened to to uh, movie trailer reviews. Uh, Phenom was giving a review, and he was the point he made about this film was like Kevin, as talented as Kevin Hart is, and mm-hmm. as much reach as he has, and in, 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 as a comedian, it's odd that he wouldn't have a better script. There are plenty of talented and people writing it. in Hollywood yeah. who would love the opportunity to write, help write this movie. Yeah, and. Then you see this product come out with the, with an interesting premise, yeah, right. Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, she's a teacher at his night school. He's got this GED. Mm-hmm. Simple, yeah. You, these, you, these simple. You have my attention, <laughs> yeah, right. So then you 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 sell the film, but come up with a better script. Like I don't understand. Yeah, that's an odd thing that that the mm-hmm. script isn't better because that's been one of the things I've heard people say repeatedly. Is like, yo, the script the, is just, the script is trash, and especially coming in a year where we've had blockers, we've had game night, yeah, we've had what else? Uh, what else was good? Tag was funny. It wasn't Tag, hilarious. I, I really like Tag. Tag was funny. Uh, what else? What other comedy? There's been like really simple yep. comedies that worked. Yeah. That were funny. Yeah. We were, we were just talking about uh, Game Night and like mm-hmm. that running joke about how uh, Kylie Bumberry's character has sex with a celebrity. Right. But it's just run. To me, that that's <laughs> that's solid writing, right? And the payoff it, was the payoff amazing. Is great. Right. It's, it's this running joke, and mm-hmm. the payoff is. That's the one thing I think people walk away from that movie remembering. Yep. That joke and the payoff and how hilarious it is. And it comes back again at the very end of the yep. movie. They do it again. Mm-hmm. Why can't... I know Kevin has the reach. And that is the... That, I, I think that, that, that is the it, hardest bro. part about this movie is 
I'm a big Kevin Hart fan. I know a lot of people are not. No, I like Kevin. I like him. I like his movies. Yeah. The stuff that he has done with The Rock, like they have it's good great. chemistry. I truly do not understand how this is your first heartbeat yeah. productions. You have a hand in writing. How did you not write more comedy? Yeah, because Central Intelligence was really entertaining. I really like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. I don't understand. Jumanji it. was not as great, but it was still funny. Juma- I I walked in with, to Jumanji with zero expectations and super enjoyed it. Yeah. So I don't understand this production that they're pumping out, and it's yeah, it, it feels like it, it was sort of not given a good effort. Well, and it just it also feels weird because again, going back to the learning disabilities thing, yeah. at one point he was like, oh, "I'm dumb," blah blah, and Tiffany Haddish's character, uh, what is her name? Uh, Carrie, mm-hmm. she was like, I would never call one of my students dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, so she cares about him and then brings him to an MMA gym and literally just beats him up trying to teach yeah, him. Dumb. And so I was like, whoa, hold on. So you have this moral integrity to be like, I would never call a student dumb. She punches him in the face. She was like, what's, you know, the square root of nine? And he was like, I don't. Punches him again. Gets yeah, on an arm bar. And it was like, so dumb. Like, so what? Yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird choice. Yeah, the editing also, and again, Malcolm D. like he knows how to make a movie. I really feel like Kevin Hart had some say in it because this does not feel like a coherent movie. No. The editing is all over the place. The ADR, like the voiceovers, mm-hmm. do not match up. Like when they pan to somebody else in a conversation, it just it you can tell they did it again. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was a mess yeah. uh, from literally beginning to end. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So the, my, my, the official rating system for this podcast uh, is good, bad, or ugly. No star grades, no letters, just three choices. A good film was something that you would recommend to a friend. A bad film, you don't really regret sitting in the theater for a couple hours, but it did not really blow you away. Ugly, avoid at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hate to say this because I do like Tiffany Addish and I do like Kevin Hart. It's fine. This is ugly. Yeah, There's, sounds like it. This movie is pointless. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really does not. Like, they're... And I hate saying that because, like, th- but this movie does not need to exist, you know, <laughs> like, at all. The one thing I would say is everyone had the exact same critiques of it, which told me all I needed to know. Everyone said, yeah. said the same thing. Scripts all over the place. Editing is weird. Waste of everyone's talents. Yeah, I mean, not sure why fat, the script is so when bad. Fat Joe is the best part of your movie, <laughs> right? And I mean, so one of the weird things. So, and uh, I, I'm kind of going to spoil this because I told people to avoid it's it. Okay. Uh, so at the end of the the semester kind of the class the summer school uh you know they they pop some champagne and they're like hey you know congratulations yeah the girl who all we know is that she was going to be sent to juvie if she did not pass is drinking with them no so if she is going to juvie that means that she is under 18 then nobody cares and nobody yeah like literally that was an easy joke as soon as she goes to sip it and tiffany was like hey hold on yeah nope Nobody says anything. Everybody's drinking. And of course, just like an 80s movie, they end up at prom. Of course. Uh, Kevin Hart loves ending movies at dances. These are actors who are 30s, yeah. 40s. They roll into this high school prom, start dancing. Nobody says anything. Yeah, Not one funny. high schooler is like, who are yeah. these old people? Yeah, sorry, we can't let you into our prom dance Nobody. with underage And kids. one of them carries the champagne bottle. And then it was like, yeah. it, that just, that made no yeah. sense. That's creepy. Uh, whatsoever. So yeah, ugly. Yeah. Avoid. Uh, next one. Mm-hmm. 
is A Star is Born. A Star is Born. This is the fourth iteration of this film. The fourth, starting from 1937. Fourth time we've seen this story. Um, it's a movie starring Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, who I didn't even know was in this film. There were a lot of people I did not uh, expect Dave to be Chappelle in this movie. Is in it. Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin shows up <laughs> in it. Um, I forgot the guy who plays who plays her, uh, the sort of A&R guy who shows up, the, the English dude. Oh, I'm not sure, but he, like he, Andrew he, Dice Clay yeah, was really yeah. solid in this. He was the kid in um in uh that rock movie where his son not the snitch. Oof, uh, I'm not sure. Let me see if I can. Pull he was it in up. that movie with the Rock where he plays the kids, the guy's son. The dude's okay. solid because he's such. He comes across like this pompous sort of ass, and mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it's believable. Anyway, so it's about this uh, artist named Jackson Maine. Mm-hmm. Who, when we meet him, you could tell has a bit of a drinking problem. He's just trying <laughs> just to find, <laughs> trying to find a bar to go to mm-hmm. uh, by his driver, played by my man from um, Heroes. What's his name? Oh, uh, also one of uh, Kevin Feige's best yeah, friends. You guys, and yeah, he's in all those Star Wars movies and stuff. Uh, and anyway, so they end up at a bar. He's up at a drag bar. Mm-hmm. And it takes my men, it's funny it takes my men to realize he's at a drag bar. I love it. He just <laughs> starts looking around. Yeah, and he was like. Where huh. am I at? Anyway, so at the bar, um, whoops, Lady Gaga. What's her character's name? Allie? Is Allie right? Yeah. So Allie's performing. She's she's the one person who's not in drag performing, and mm-hmm. she does this French song, this beautiful song, and he's sort of smitten by her. He meets her backstage. They spend a day together, and then um, she sings this song for him, mm-hmm. which you've heard called "Shallow." She's writing it. They're they're in this this mm-hmm. parking lot, and then he. He tries to get her to go on tour. She's like, no, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And then he invites her out and circumstances at work. She's like, F it, I'm going. She goes to the tour, which to me, all right, this is one of the best scenes in the film mm. where she shows up at the tour. Yep. And she's on stage because the camera just really sticks on her face. A lot. And yeah, so which is great. It's on her face and you're watching her go through these, these, these motions of like, do I go out on stage? Do I, I'm not. She's like, I'm not going. And her friend's like, girl, you better go out there. Mm-hmm. She finally is like, I'm going out there. But it still stays on her face and it tracks her. You you don't see the crowd. Yep. It follows her out to the microphone. She starts singing her part of the song. And then Jackson Maine steps away from the mic and she leads up to the to the lead mic. Mm-hmm. Still, camera's still on her. And then she she goes into that gaga mode where you hear this voice come out of her yeah. and i was like oh this is this is this kind of movie anyway so yeah so she ends up doing a song with him and it's the movie really about their relationship mm-hmm. um as you know and as partners and lovers and also their relationship with the music business mm-hmm. but what i the one thing i do enjoy about the film cause what's in the film but not focused on is sort of her career right yes it's, yeah. it's She's doing more poppy stuff. They mm-hmm. got the SNL thing she does. And that, that guy that you were... Uh, What's his name? He's good, man. Because I was like, I don't like this guy. No. And again, he, he, he plays it. He plays it good. Uh, Rafi. Rafi yeah, Gavron. He's good, man. Um, so she's got the, the poppy stuff she's doing, mm-hmm. which is way different than she music, she, the music she's doing with Jackson. Which is more like country rock yeah. you know, style. Yeah. So the, the new stuff she's doing is way different. And it's, it's really juxtaposed. Her rise to stardom juxtaposed with him not being as big of a star anymore yeah because when he's, he's doing that tribute and they're like yeah we just need you to play guitar mm. we're not gonna play yeah. on the microphone he's like uh, roy orbison yeah, tribute. He's, like, he's like yeah i'm okay with that and i was like uh he's not okay spoiler alert he is not okay with it um, obviously he's not okay but like that's a real thing yeah. and he, these two people are dealing with this thing and their relationship and he's got this drinking problem and it comes to a head mm-hmm. um and then 
I knew that wasn't the head that was going to come to it's like, oh, it's going to be way, mm. way deeper than yeah. that. And it does. Uh, but man, it's just a beautiful told story. Well, and, that, and a lot of that, a lot of the credit. So Bradley Cooper yeah. directed this. Yeah. And adapted the screenplay. Yeah. And acted in it. Yeah. I mean, anybody, like, I, I'm kind of a tangential Bradley Cooper fan. Like, you know, Hi, he's Brad. kind of funny. This movie, though. Yeah. He's good. The I mean, voice, the song. Legitimately blew me away so i mean it opens with him doing this song and i was like yo this, and that is this, him that sounds like a legitimate like yeah it's a bop man I, I feel like i was like oh this is a song when i after like the first notes that i wrote after we were sitting there yeah. and i was watching the credits he sings like any anytime you see him singing in the movie yeah. is him. It's him i was like if he had chosen not to be an actor or even yeah. now if you were to choose be like i'm gonna take a couple years off from acting and just make an album yeah the dude could do it. Like yeah. he blew me away. There are really good songs in this film. Yeah, that are just really good songs. Yep. In genre, in, <laughs> in a genre that you and I both maybe do not delve into that my much. My sister, listen. My twin sister loves country, so I've heard my fair <sighs> my share. Little sister, but listening to it, I was like, "This is good." When this soundtrack comes out, which I, it is already out. Um, no, it's out the fifth. The oh, one yeah, song yeah. is out. Shallow is out. Right. But it's out the fifth. I was like, I might have to get this soundtrack. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm listening to it for sure. And that just that impressed me because again, this is a genre that. Yeah don't really care about but so the those other characters in the movie right. those side characters like you mentioned like andrew dice clay yeah. as her dad he's really funny really funny and actually I was like wow you can actually be a dramatic actor yeah. interesting mm-hmm. Chappelle is a dramatic actor in this oh, yeah. eddie griffin is eddie griffin um he's only in there briefly yeah. but i was really impressed with just the chemistry between everybody mm-hmm. everything felt real yeah i, I like the chemistry between him and sam elliott because you have i'm not gonna yeah. spoil the movie you have no idea what their relationship is when you first see them and then when it comes out, you're like, oh. And then like everything, we'll talk off mic, but mm-hmm. everything starts to make sense. Yep. Then I, so I had a thought early on in the movie and I was like, that's an odd choice for Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then when these reveals come, I was like, oh, well, that's why he made that choice. This all makes yep. sense to me now. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I don't want to spoil the movie for people, but that I thought that was brilliant, man. It's it's a movie with beautiful music, beautiful mm-hmm. songs, really good actors. And the God filming. is great. She's going to win an award or two oh, the, by so far. What I wrote down in my notes, both when I, as soon as I yeah. saw the movie and after processing it, because yeah. we saw this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So Bradley Cooper, I feel like is going to get nominated for best adaptive screenplay. Yeah. Possibly best director. Best director. It's directed and possibly well. best actor. There's a lot of really like, tight shots on people's faces. Like when you first introduced, introduced to Chappelle, it's just his face. Yeah. Like reaching down. I was like, that's a beautiful shot. Even the shot on the bar at the beginning at the drag bar. Lady Gaga. Where looking like, at her face. Yeah. And it zooms in like it is a red slow-mo. Yeah. Like he does that two or three times with Lady yeah. Gaga's face with yeah. this like red hue. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is your this first is, time directing? Like, yeah. He really, even like the performance shots are really good. Or yep. The performing on the stage. Uh, it's it's really well done. Even like the stuff when they're at award shows and they're at SNL looks legit. Well, like Alec Baldwin yeah. is hosting SNL. And it just like and that. Introduce, they do all the camera cuts. Yeah. And they introduce her and she does her song. He's like, well done. Kudos. Like it's. <laughs> love, love, love the material or not, man. It is a very well done movie. Incredibly well, and it reminded Gaga me. Gaga looks gorgeous. I forgot she's that. Like she's always doing that weird Gaga stuff. So it was. Right. I'm like, oh, without all that craziness you're doing, like, well, beautiful. Woman. And people forget. Maybe some people forget. So Gaga in her trajectory, which yeah. again is why this was believable. Like yeah. she came out like super poppy, dancey. Yeah. You put her on the piano, yeah. And that, give her that, a microphone, and she, she just did crushes with, um, uh, El- Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, yeah. You're like, oh, well, <laughs> like, you got that voice in you. Just 
incredible. So, so you get to hear the full range of Gaga's voice. Yep. Uh, they're really good together it's a, as a duo. They're believable as a couple. And I think that uh, was... Their one... fights are like really <laughs> real fights. <laughs> they're not even like weird, bogus, like, oh, no. this is... It felt like, oh, couples getting these kind of fights Yeah, all of the time. Um, it also reminded me of Creed in yeah. the sense of like, we're watching a movie, but the way they incorporate Sports Center and the way they incorporate the... Yeah. You're like, this feels real. Yeah. <laughs> like, it felt like... And again, the trajectory of her being the singer songwriter in this country kind of rock mm-hmm. thing. And then an agent being like, no, we need to go pop. We need to dye your hair blonde. Right. We need to do choreograph. And she was like, we need dancers. We need this. We need that. Yeah. And so like that, it just, it made sense. And making and you get what I think is, is a huge component is someone outside of your relationship dictating what you should do because of your career. Yeah. And then also her dealing with loving someone who has addiction issues. Oof. How do you how do you love someone and, and how do you how do you support painful. someone who has an addiction issue and that yeah. you're that's torpedoing them at every moment and how do you, how are you there for that person how can you be there how can you be present in their life mm-hmm. and how can you still build and grow with this person when you feel like they're doing these things that are so self destructive and they know it and yeah. you know it but addiction is a disease that is just yeah so rampant and so believable, believable. in this movie believable like man it just yeah I. This is this jumped, and it's the way. There's that real briefly. There's that scene where he's not drinking, and the the A&R guy's like, "You're not having a drink." Like mm. it's that little subtle stuff. Yeah, or he's just like, "No." Yeah, and he's just like because he 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 was trying. He was trying, man. Really trying. He's really trying. Um, can we talk about the last scene? She sings that song. Okay, I was like, y- yes. She sings the song. Yes. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Beautiful backdrop. Yeah, when they cut to the end, mm-hmm. fantastic! Kudos to you, Bradley. Cooper. Man, that kudos to some cojones. <laughs> kudos to you. And then it just cuts. It just cuts. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, well done." <laughs> yeah, that's how you end a movie. I, yeah. I know movies are really difficult to end. I know people struggle with endings, but man, that was the best way to end that film. Because like, this is beautiful. Yeah, and it just now you're you're stuck with this. This is what this is what yep. it is. Deal with it, folks. Yeah. And we're off. <laughs> yeah, that that was it. Was well just done, a man. Brilliant choice. Good, um, shout out to Bradley Cooper, man. I wanted to shake that man's hand, give him a hug, and tell him, "Well done." This, I hope this isn't the end of him directing. I hope. Oh he gosh, like no way, because he directs. I mean, Oscar stuff aside, I think the the other ones like uh, Critics Choice Awards. Yeah. Like, pff, he is going to clean. Globe, up. He is going to clean up at the quote unquote smaller award shows. Yeah. And that is really going to propel this forward for the Oscars. And can I can I say the the marketing for this film has been great. The, the trailers yeah. and the TV spots have been fantastic. Yep, and they they have not and they given, given away anything. Which again, this is a movie that this is the fourth time people know. If you have seen any iteration, it yeah. follows the story, right? Mostly, mostly. But yeah, for people they not knowing, given away much. Yeah, good old Jackson Maine. Good for him, man. Yeah. So uh, to our official rating system, <laughs> yeah. good, bad, or ugly, uh, what do you give this to? <laughs> it's a good, man. It's got a couple locks for me for war season. Yep. It's got a couple locks in there with Bradley Cooper getting at least nominated. I think Gaga wins. Best actress? I I don't Who's going to, what, what project is coming out that's going to, because she, hmm. she's singing and acting yeah. and emoting. She's doing all of this. She crushes this it. She Absolutely. kills it. I don't know how she doesn't win unless people just, unless someone has a really good performance and they just campaign. Right, I don't know who that person is, but right now it's it's her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, absolutely a good film. 
rarely do I see a movie like this that just immediately jumps to the top of my list for the year. It's like, number one? No, no, no. I'm like it's top in there. Top like it's in there. It me. is top five for sure. It's in there. It's in my top ten for sure. Right after the movie ended, I was like, that's in there. For Sold. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, I think he gets adaptive screenplay, director, and actor right. nominations for the Oscars. Yeah. Man, and I, he has and, a and, solid and chance for of people winning. hesitant about seeing it. Like, I think it's different than what they think it is. Yeah, it's way different. It's different than what I thought it was. Yeah, it re- it draw it literally draws you in from the opening scene, and it's sort of that, I mean, the way he opens the movie yeah. and ends the movie is an exceptional just veteran director move because yeah. you start the movie and immediately you're like cool we're at this concert we're yeah. going like here we go. then you cut to her at, at work yeah. and then then you get the like a star is born i was like oh yeah <laughs> yeah that was before yeah, yeah. incredible so yeah love the movie great stuff um all right so the next thing is a uh brief good uh discussion of iron fist season two okay so this picks up after the events of defenders mm-hmm. uh my first thing that i will say I did not even make it through season one of Iron Fist because it was so bad. Okay. Both with the script, with the fight choreography was painful. Found out later that was not Finn Jones's fault. No. Apparently, he would be learning the choreography like literally hours before they were filming. Uh, yeah, I could tell. That is not fair. Yeah. Like, And so everybody who ripped it apart, myself included, sorry, buddy. <laughs> we did not find out until months later that they were mm-hmm. like, like he said in an interview, he was like, yeah, I had to learn that an hour before we shot. And it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> So Iron Fist season two picks up, you know, uh, Colleen and he are now living together. Uh, he is way more comfortable with the Iron Fist and does not tell everybody that he's the Iron Fist he's, 500 times. He's the immortal Iron Fist. Um, fight choreography was way better. Way better. Script was way better. The characters were compelling. Whatever changes they did in the team behind the, the mm-hmm. show from season one to season two exceptional yeah lots of Colleen. i love colleen lots of yeah. her colleen is great davos. davos is great like, yeah, and he just he has a great he has like no sense of humor oh no like, he's very literal very literal very dry yeah. and he is he is a smaller man yeah um every shot that you see him standing next to people i'm like good for you man good i was like davos. but lots of you know infighting amongst the community down there but mm-hmm. that was good that was a nice portion the tigers of and the hatchets yeah, yeah that was good to put in there um people just the felt developed stuff. yeah all the superhero stuff about the Iron Fist and getting the fist and all that was like, okay. It got, I mean, some of that did get a little bit yeah. silly and it was like, oh, the Crane oh, sisters very just similar. happened to know yeah. this ancient ritual that right. only in Kunla. Some tattoo, crazy tattoo artist. Sure. All, all right. right. Uh, oh, what's this face was really good. The crazy girl, the photographer. Oh, Alice Eve. Yeah, she as Mary good. Walker. Slash, for those of you who do not know Mary Walker's character yeah. in the comics, but Typhoid Mary. Yeah. So she was an old Daredevil villain. Who had dissociative identity dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. Okay, split personality that was the old school way of saying it. So yeah, she has multiple personalities mm-hmm. and try like her yeah. arc it's in good. the show. Good stuff. It made sense. I was like, watching this season, it truly felt like a just completely different show. Yeah. I enjoyed it. None of it was like Ugh, all right, I just have yeah. one more episode. I mean, it's it's a two episodes too long as multi series are, and even even then, like they only did nine this season. Yeah. They could have made it shorter. Yeah, but, it was, but it was, I was never not entertained. Exactly, some good fight stuff, some good side characters. Yep, some of the gang members, a little those, those young dudes were good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Colleen's great. I needed more of her. It was yep. good stuff. I liked how how well it was put together. The last scene in this movie mm-hmm. is really dumb. Yeah, so uh, with with the. 
two guns basically is oh, what I was. Yeah. That was just ridiculous. That was dumb. And who knows what they plan on doing with that. Yeah. But then at the very, very end, we got a teaser for Daredevil season three. I mean, I mean, I'm in all in on that. I'm taking the day off work to watch Daredevil. Hundred percent in on, Not a joke. on that. Yeah. So <laughs> but yeah, so Iron Fist season two official waiting. It gets a good for me. It's like, a good. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that it was not terrible <laughs> yeah worth watching if you like iron fist and and i thought like you said i think everyone was way more comfortable in what they were doing yep. with the show everyone from finn all the way down yeah and then you know surprise surprise a much better pro- product the meachams were actually likable complex characters season one i was like they're annoying man <laughs> every yeah. scene was just rough yeah and all of it didn't revolve around what was happening at Rand industries and no then you get about to come you get to see him the fight they have yeah we still do not get the fight still to see the, the dragon Lao, come on well, yeah. just give it to us but yeah so that was uh, iron fist season two now a movie that you had been really looking forward yes. to another friend of ours brent had been talking about this movie yeah. for months yes hellfest tell, tell me about hellfest, hellfest. oh man hellfest is a, is a fun little horror movie a simple premise. It is about a uh, this traveling Halloween festival, right? If you've ever been to like a corn maze okay. or like these really interactive haunted houses, you you see them. Stuff pops out, and but okay, here's the thing: you can go deeper into this hell festival, right? To, to, to what quote unquote they call hell, which is the scariest oh. thing you've ever been to. Now, in order to get there, you have to go on this ride, and you go through what they call oh, is it the Deadlands or something, but it's you have to sign a waiver because it's super interactive. People mm. can touch you. People can grab you. Nope. So keep that in your mind. I'm already out. So nope. anyway, the main character, she, <laughs> she she's going back home. I forget her name. But she's going back home and she's meeting up with some old friends from high school and they're all want to go. And there's a boy who's interested in her. Of course, it's the boy of who course. was interested in they He has VIP tickets for Hellfest. <laughs> and on the way in, they tell a story about a girl who was murdered at one of these events in this other city. And, <sighs> It's like an urban myth, and no one knew what happened to her. And she hung mm-hmm. up at this place for days. She started stinking. They all thought she was part of the exhibit. And she's Wait, like, "That actually, that like, was a real story." I don't know. No, like in in the news, like that actually happened at yeah. one of these uh, Halloween type things. Like yeah. somebody, anyway, yeah, interesting. Okay. So that so she's like, "Oh, it's a joke," and everyone's trying to joke, right? So then this one girl meets the guy. He's just a guy in a mask. We don't even know his name. He's a guy in a mask. Mm-hmm. In a hoodie, and he's chasing this girl around. So our main character sees her, and he's chasing her, and she, um, he, he, he kills her. And she's like, "That looks really real." She tells her friends, "Like that looked, that looked real." And they're like, "Go oh, yeah, ahead, this is this place is rad, isn't it?" So the guy, the guy is now um, you see in the trailer, the guy is now on. following her, great throughout the park, great. And she keeps being like, "That's the same guy." He steals some photos from her and her her boyfriend that took in this photo booth. Uh, so everyone's having these weird run-ins, and then this guy starts slowly picking off people in the group, trying to get to her. And now people go missing, and everyone's like, "Where's my friend?" And security's like, "Oh, it's what the park is for. Of course, some guys following you. That's what they do. Nope. It's not a big deal. Nope. <laughs> this is what you paid for. Right. To be followed and scared." So yeah, so he he tries to kill a bunch of people, and then it ends up, you know, of course, all coming to a head. So like old school slasher, old movie? school slasher man. He's okay. just hunting down her and her friends and catching them and. They're in these. They're in this place where stuff jumps out and gets you. So now, did they? Because again, one of the big things that you know we've been talking about with a lot of the horror yeah. movies these days, did it rely too much on jump scares, no. or was the story compelling, compelling enough? Compelling enough. Okay. Because you realize, like, they're going into this part of the 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 this haunted house. Like, he could be in here. I don't know. No. I don't know when he's going to show up. There's some really good kills in it. Okay. Some great kills. Um, the guy doesn't have any lines. The murderer. Really? Not a 
it's very much very Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah, I was very say. Jason Voorhees ish. He's just a dude in the mask, and he's a killer. And you know, everyone's other people in the room in the in the story are dressed up too, so you don't know who he is. Interesting. Um, really cool scene in the bathroom that was really good, reminiscent of kind of a of scream. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really steal from anything, but it's. Well, the director actually, I just pulled him up because I did not. Yeah. He did not sound familiar. Gregory Plotkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has directed only a couple things. Yeah, there's but... a beautiful use of color in this movie, even though it all take place at night. Colors from the from inside the the haunted houses. Colors. So lots of use of color. Lots of really good use of tension. And... Hmm. I mean, he definitely has some chops. He was an editor on Get Out. Yeah. Uh, Paranormal Activity yeah. on all, oof, looks like two, three, four, and five of uh, Paranormal Activities, yeah. Paranormal Activity, Happy Death Day. Huh. So, and yeah. I, knew, I know like, you like that but, one too. Like, like Death Day, like a simple concept that like, how do we didn't spin this and make this scary? Uh, one of the things the movie does very, very well, it, it shows you the park. So it really? makes the park, oh yeah, you see the park. It's not like you're seeing these people, people experience this park and it looks like a lot of fun. So you hmm. you get why they're there. You're like, oh, it looks like fun. I'm not Interesting. So you get to see the actually see the park what they're going through. These weird druids come out at one point to like guide them, and like it's it's really creepy stuff and really cool costumes, really cool horror costumes from other people in there. You get to see them witness, and a good cast. The main girl hmm. is great. Yeah, Bex uh, Bex Taylor Klaus. She's not the main one. As Taylor. Oh, that's Taylor. Uh, Brooke, Rain Edwards, Natalie. Yeah, it's Natalie. Natalie's Amy girl. Forsyth. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if she is. Related. Yeah. Good stuff. All huh. good. All funny. Okay. A group of friends you can see hanging out together. Yeah. Good all right. Stuff. So your official rating. It's good, man. Go see, if you like horror movies, go see Hellfest. It's worth your time. It's got some good scares in it. You'll enjoy yourself. All right. I, I hope there's I more. I hope they do more of these movies. I'll let's check it out. I'll definitely watch a sequel. Uh, well, I mean, I know that speaking of old school slasher movies, we get to see Halloween in like two weeks. And I Very know exciting. you are. I heard. It, I keep hearing fantastic things yeah. about it. Everything like the talk about marketing. Yeah, the marketing behind this movie is incredible. Jamie Lee Curtis, all the pictures she is putting up, yeah. like, yeah, it looks great. Good for them. Cool. Uh, all right, so that kind of wraps it up for the reviews. So Night School gets an ugly because mm-hmm. it was just it was a waste of a film, yeah. waste of the talent. Uh, a Star is Born, the highest of good mm-hmm. praise. Like it was a tremendous film. Yeah. Iron Fist season two also got a good. Hellfest got a good as well. Okay. Uh, upcoming projects for the About to Review podcast. So this Friday, there will be an interview with John Davey, mm-hmm. who is an actor and photographer and videographer who has been in over 40 episodes of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came over the other night and hung out for like two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a super long interview slash conversation with John Davey that will be dropping on Friday, both on the podcast feed and also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So youtube.com slash about to review with some photos of him in Cybermen mm-hmm. costume and Dalek and Ood. Mm-hmm. So he was a really great guy. So look forward to that. Uh, I will be going to New York City Comic Con mm-hmm. in like 24 hours, 48 hours, where I will be interviewing a whole bunch of people. I already have some people lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Felton. I think actually that one is, is pretty much locked right now. He's a new show called Origin for mm-hmm. YouTube. Yeah, I saw that. So... New York City Comic Con is going to be crazy. I get to hang out with Damien and Jess from the Curling Nerd Podcast. So look forward to that episode next week, which will have interviews and also a breakdown of New York City Comic Con with the two of them. We're seeing Venom, which I have to pay money for, <laughs> which is ridiculous. All right. Uh, and then the other thing that will be on this episode, 
is Tim and I are leaving the studio right now. Right now. And heading to Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. which I've never. Yeah, I. You're gonna. What do you? What do you? What are you expecting? What do you think is gonna happen? I'm expecting. Don't en- edit this out either. No, no, no. <laughs> I would never. I'm expecting energy. Okay. I'm expecting chaos. Okay. Um, like I have said for the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. because of you and Damien, and huge, huge shout out to Damien who provided us with this opportunity. Thank you, Damien. Uh, so yeah, Tim and I will be meeting Pete's Cat MV uh, there. So I'm expecting to be entertained. Watching it on WWE Network, shout out to Mike uh, for making that happen. I've been watching the past couple weeks of Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. to prepare myself. Okay. Every time I sit there and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so I'm texting you guys, but yeah. I've been entertained. You'll enjoy it. So uh, I'm excited for that. So what we will do is after we go to Monday Night Raw... Uh, I will come back to the studio and then give Tim a call since he does not have time after the show gets out, which is mm-hmm. fine. And then we'll do like a quick wrap up of Monday Night Raw, which I will edit in later. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So we will not wrap up everything now because we will be on the phone in just moments for the listeners. Right. And we're headed to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> okay. We are now back. Uh, I, I say we're back, even though only one of us is back in the studio. The other one is right. back home. Uh, but to you, back dear home. listeners, it was only a matter of a few seconds ago before we were going to Monday Night Raw. It is now post Monday Night Raw. Uh, wow. Wow. Because this is your uh, if people haven't been listening. This is your very first time at a live wrestling event what were your what's your initial takeaway from that uh yes so this this is my first time ever seeing anything like this uh live i had kind of i will not say i doubted you because i would never doubt you you're one of my best friends Uh, but when you told me that the noise in an arena like this for wrestling was equal to that or greater of any other sporting event and so I was like, really? At the Seahawks? We get the Seahawks? Blah, blah. And you were like, it's louder. I was like, all right, yeah. we will see. Um, For the first of a couple times, I will say this on this episode, Tim, you were right. Oh. Um, <laughs> How was I? It was one of the loudest experiences I have ever been a part of. And, but loud in a good way, though. Not like yeah, I mean, and yeah, not like screaming, just this mm-hmm. rumble and the general kind of tone and excitement that mm-hmm. everyone had. And it's constant. It's from like beginning to end. It doesn't really go away. Right. So it started at four thirty, and it said four thirty in the tickets. And this is something Damien had mentioned to us also. When the ticket says four thirty, not even joking. Like, we were just sitting there talking. It was already kind of getting loud. People were starting various cheers of various wrestlers, only some of which I actually knew. Mm -hmm. And then the lights cut out. I look at my phone, and it turned over to 4.30. I mean, like, it was immediate. (laughs) Yeah, they don't play. It's a lot of taping, man. You got to be on on the mark. Yeah. So that was just... We noticed when when they were in the ring and they... You know, the odd thing you see when you're at a live show is they cut the commercial and then I forgot who was in the ring. Um, oh, and they just kind of hang out there in the dark. 
Yeah, and then like they cut back from commercial and they start singing again as if oh, they, as if uh, they the, didn't go. Uh, the gracious, the gracious one. Oh man, it was so good. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I pulled up because uh, again, like a lot of these, I knew some of these because I had been doing my research. There were a ton right. of people that I just did not know, I, just because I had not seen them on the Monday Night Raws that I had seen. Uh, but yeah, that was a uh, Bobby Roode versus yeah. Connor, and Bobby Roode is the gracious one. Uh, and so he comes out, and his theme song starts playing. The whole, I mean, the crowd. He's got smoke. <laughs> it's crazy. And so they they are all singing along with him. And there's this huge ring entrance, you know. And then it cuts to commercial. So it goes dark, you know, or the ring goes dark. Everybody is still chanting. You can still see them in the ring. They show some <laughs> promo clips on the video screens at Key Arena of just upcoming stuff. As soon as they come back from commercial, the lights kick back on, and he is right back in it. And he is right, right back into his. His singing and dancing, and it was like right. without skipping a beat. Right, it's it's the craziest thing because I don't think I've ever seen that before. Oh, really? You, you, no, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I just never noticed it before. But it is the craziest thing. Yeah, we're just—I mean—they're doing their thing in studio or not in studio in the ring for the audience that is there. But I mean, they get a signal from whatever you know, ref or video person is right there. And as soon as they gave him like a countdown or something, lights come on, they're back in it. That was just impressive. And again, this is something Damien had been telling me for years that with my theater background that I would appreciate because you'd appreciate the timing, the timing. I mean, again, this is live in the ring and for millions of people, you know, whatever. And so (laughs) they do not have cue cards. They're not wearing earpieces. And they just, they have to give these somewhat ridiculous monologues, you know, sometime and still wrestle and still do all of that. So that just flat out was impressive. Yeah, I'm glad you were impressed. I knew you'd be impressed by it, but I'm glad that it lived up to your expectations. Yeah, I mean, and going into it, I, I did not have many expectations because it still was just so new to me. It would be. It, it it is hard for me to be like oh I cannot wait until X Y Z happens because it just is new so I mean I I think that would kind of helped me uh, but right. I did know at least the major players uh, Dean Ambrose versus Braun Strowman Strowman uh, Strowman Strowman uh, so I knew, I knew those like Roman Reigns because I've been following at least that storyline uh, but like I said With before the Shield and all that yeah the Shield right. there were other wrestlers that. I had no idea who they were. So, like, there was the B team versus the Revival, who look right. about 50 years old. Um, apparently, they are not. They're not 50, no. They're not 50 years old. Uh, so, but the both tag teams, I just had no idea who they were, like, at all. Okay. I didn't see them on anything. Um, who was another one that, uh, there's something else. Um, yeah, like, the, the Bailey and Alicia Fox, I think. I had seen something with them before, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we're not going to go uh, match by match on this because this is not a wrestling podcast. You can listen to like fights and tights uh, right. to get all of that. Now that said, the the actual wrestling, or as Jed likes to call it, the stuntman theater of it all. It, it, it's definitely stuntman theater. It's definitely that. And I, 
I have said it before and I will say it again. I will never take it away from them. They are athletes, 100%. Because even if you know the throw is coming, any of us, any of us who have done martial arts or judo or anything, even if you're practicing getting thrown, you are still getting thrown. And so when right. they bounce off of the, the turnbuckle or whatever and hold somebody up, even though they, that person kind of jumps into it to help with the weight, if that comes crashing down, the, the stage only has a little bit of give. And so that, it was impressive to watch. One thing that I kind of wish I had seen more of, and I think this has to do with the particular wrestlers who are there tonight, I wanted to see more like high-flying stuff. A lot of the guys that we saw okay. are huge dudes. And so I just don't know if that is part of their repertoire. Uh, you could speak more to that. So like okay. Braun Strowman... Does he ever do stuff off the ropes, or does he? No. Really? Okay. Uh, those dudes usually don't do that. Uh, there used to be the Undertaker used to, used to do this bit where he would walk the top rope, and then uh, he'd do like a clothesline. That was like a feat because he's such a big dude doing that move. But most of the bigger guys, you know, are sort of strong and they do all the the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the smaller guys, like so one of the one of the. Um, one of the videos they showed during commercial break was one uh, uh, a documentary about the Hardy Brothers. Right. And so, if you want to see more of that, I would definitely recommend watching that and some of their old matches, some of their ladder matches, some of the high flying, death defying stuff they did. Yeah, because that. I mean, again, when when I think of of a wrestling spectacle, maybe that was just something that you know I, I kind of wanted to see. But at the same time, I understand that right. looking at how big these dudes are because watching it on TV yeah. is one thing. These are giant men. <laughs> yeah. And so I understand that somebody like Drew McIntyre, a giant Scottish man, if he goes off one of the top ropes, it could end very badly. Uh, there was yeah. in one of the, and I pulled up a little like Monday night raw result, but it does not have the kind of prelim stuff that we watched like right at four 30. Uh, some of those, like lesser known, I guess you would say, like wrestlers before it goes into the main broadcast, they had some like really cool kind of high flying moves, but that was right. kind of it. Um, I will say though, when and again, this is rare in the sense of like I just am doing full spoilers because this is not a wrestling podcast, so I doubt anybody listening to this is like, oh no, they spoiled it. Um, the big kind of reveal. At the end of the episode or end of the uh, event is you had Kane and Undertaker kind of pop up behind the heartbreak kid, right? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, (laughs) the the heartbreak kid. That was cool because that is something that I remember from my very, very limited exposure of wrestling from like growing up in the 90s is Undertaker just like somehow even though he's like six, four surprising somebody by ending up behind them. Yeah. That happens sometimes. It's life. Which, sometimes people sneak up on you. <laughs> I still have no idea where they came from. Like we were watching it. Yeah. I, I will right, And the funny thing is we're right on the side of the ring where they pop up. At, yeah. And I did not see how they got there. There was no way they came down the ramp, but and no, like- and, he, and even the people in front of us didn't notice. 
Yeah. They're, and they're right there. So no one, like none of us saw. If they had come from the side, somebody would have turned. These are huge guys. So yeah. that I might just have to ask Damien about for some like insider secrets of yeah. how they managed to do that. Because again, from a theater background, that fascinated me. How can you hide not just one? Because Kane popped up first, and we're two and we're, uh, two enormous men, two enormous guys. Just un- they just pop up. Yeah, it's great. Um, I remember seeing some clip. I think either you or Jed sent it to me from some '90s match where the Undertaker actually came from like the middle of the ring. Like he yeah. kind of yeah, they're punched. The, the, his way. the ring opened. No, it wasn't. It was in the 2000s. The ring opened oh, okay. up, and he came out and drug somebody in. <laughs> of yeah. course he did. Of course he did. Because why wouldn't he? Right. Uh, I got to see Ronda Rousey. Got to see the best in the world. No, Ronda Rousey. Disagree. Um, the best in the world. The best female athlete ever of oof, all. Time. Oof. Of all time. Move over, Serena Williams. <laughs> Ronda, <laughs> Ronda is here. Here is what bothers me about Ronda Rousey. I followed her career not just in MMA, but like in the judo circuit. So, like, I have been a fan of her just fighting style and martial arts for a long time. Mm-hmm. Seeing what she is doing now, it just, it kind of hurts a little bit. Not hurts. It yeah. is just weird because she does these arm bars in WWE that are not even arm bars. That you could get out of in two oh, seconds. John, I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> Go ahead. It's not, re- it's not real. It's not meant to be real. Tell that to the 50 or 10,000 people who are there not- tonight. It's not meant to be real. Yeah, I... because because if it was real, people would be injured, and that's just not something they want to do. Yeah, I get it. Um, you can't have you can't have real people hurt. Right. <laughs> that's not. You saw all the t-shirts and all the people there, so you've got a, a wrestler in there who ends up getting hurt, and then so they, they can't perform. You mentioned they're not on the thing. It's hard mm-hmm. to sell merch. They don't want to do that. Yeah, it just which is funny because watching Ronda do that is just kind of there's this weird almost inability to disassociate it from her actual fighting. And yet we mm-hmm. saw Bobby Lashley, who is another gigantic human being mm-hmm. who I also watched in MMA. He did Strike Force, I uh, did Bellator, yeah. like a legitimate MMA fighter. And so watching him in this, I think it was different because Maybe since he is a good guy and they're kind of painting Ronda as a heel, everybody loved Bobby Lashley. Like when he would come over and he was like giving the people in the front row, which was like four rows ahead of us, like high fives after he threw somebody out of the ring. That was yeah. fun. Like, and I get the, it why people are so attached. The funniest moment was, you know, in between commercial breaks, uh, uh, when Kevin Owens is, is waiting to fight Bobby Lashley. Right. He's, he's on our side of the ring. There's a little girl in the front row. <laughs> And she sticks her hand out for a high five. And, he, and Kevin Owens pretends to be unable to reach her to give the high five. And is acting like, oh, no, I can't touch. I can't get there in time. And just walks right <laughs> past her. It was the best. She was so livid. Oh, and yeah. he had the biggest smile on his face. Well, he was then, really, Kevin Owens is such a good heel in person. I wrote that down, actually, because, again, the terms that I just started getting used to of heel and face and everything like that, I can respect the, again, goes back to the theater. Kevin Owens as a bad guy, when you have to commit to playing a bad guy, he did mm-hmm. a really good job at playing a bad guy. <laughs> so that that was oh, just yeah. that was impressive. Um one other observation. I grew up Catholic, 
I have talked about that before on, on various episodes. We stood up and sat back down every like 90 seconds and I felt like I was back in church. Blah. Like it was, it was crazy and it was for three hours. Yeah. That was unexpected, I guess. I was expecting either, like in a Seahawks game, people stand, or a Sounders game, people stand for 90% of it. Right. This one, you would be like, as soon as people came out, people stand, cheer, whatever, the match would start and everybody sits back down. But then in the middle of the match, they would jump back up. And I was like, what is, what is happening right now? And it was also kind of weird because of we had incredible seats, like in the fifth row. So maybe it was a little bit more apparent, like how many times we were going up and down. I think people maybe higher up, like at an angle, might not need to do that to see exactly what was going on. We just were literally at the same level they were. So that was just kind of surprising, uh, standing up and sitting down every 90 seconds. Uh, what were some other notes I wrote down? Um, oh, the my, I think, favorite moment. Yours was Kevin Owens not giving a high five to a little girl who was a big fan. Oh, so good. Uh, my favorite moment also has to do with Kevin Owens. Uh, he and... Elias, who I still do not understand their storyline or why he brings a guitar out, which he seems to never play. Uh, they get up there and you warned me, not warned me. You told me before we even got there, somebody was going to make a comment about the Seahawks or some sort of Seattle dig. You know, they're going to make fun of Seattle in one way or another. And I was like, all right, sure, whatever. So Elias and Kevin Owens are in the middle of the stage, again, not playing guitar, not doing anything. Kevin yeah. Owens makes a jab at Seattle not having a basketball team. The crowd, the entire, I do not know how many people, we will say it is Key Arena, uh, 8,000. You know, 8,000 people started booing. And not just booing, consistently booing for like five minutes. And only getting louder to the point where like I plugged my ears for a while because it was just so intense and kevin owens i'm sure they do this in almost every city like you said they yeah. might get that reaction be like oh okay we'll give it 60 seconds and then continue with the bit they kept trying to get back on track and talk about they john could, cena they could not finish it to the point where like we could see that they were talking and they have microphones on a pa system we have no idea what they're saying nothing at all and then like it went on for like five minutes then suddenly like, it's like somebody's interim uh t.o gold leo gold bobby lashley's hype man or whatever his yeah. name is that thing like the lights come back up and they do that and both uh kevin owens and elias were just like all right the, i guess the bit is over and they just right. kind of frustratedly yeah. walked out of the yeah, ring they, they, they couldn't really finish the bit which is which is that i think that that's the part about wrestling the organic part of it that you yeah. can't like there's no way to know that this was a thing that was going to happen, and it happens, and it's this moment that lasts longer than they anticipated. Way longer. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and not just as Seattle. I mean, so they were wrong in that. Oh, Seattle doesn't have a basketball team because well, Sonics, whatever. Uh, guess what? We have the Storm, who are world champions. So I think yeah, there was some they, of but that. But they knew. They knew. And so even later on during the match, people are booing, and uh, they're like. But they left. Your team left. Like, they're just talking to the crowd. Just, right. you know, talking smack. It, it, it's a lot of fun. It's very interactive mm -hmm. when you're there. The heels play it up. The faces, you know, high fives everywhere. So they make it a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm glad you got this. I'm glad we were close enough to see that part of it and, and how, oh, yeah. how enjoyable it is. 
the one thing that always strikes me is is the demographics. There's yeah. there's old people, young people, kids, uh, different races, different ages, mm-hmm. men, women. It's all the guy next to me was super excited to be there. Oh, Richie! Shout out to Richie. <laughs> Richie was Richie was hype the before, entire before show. we even took. You know, Tim and I got there. You know, pretty early. Sat down, kind of just adjusting. I took some pictures. And yeah. this guy comes over and he's like, oh, I think it's my seat. He sits down. Tim starts hitting it off with him and just talking about wrestling. I just sit there and I'm like, hey, my, my name is John. Uh, yeah. And then I like, as, I like people. Too. Yeah, for sure. And like as Tim and he are talking, Richie just starts getting hype. And then once the Richie was legit nervous. Oh, yeah. yeah I said, like, hey, we might see the Undertaker. He was like, oh, man. And he kind of doubled like, over, like almost in pain. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, he wanted to see Ronda Rousey. He, had a, he wanted to see Shawn Michaels. Undertaker, uh, Alexa Bliss, we did not get to see. That was the thing. He I, was like, I'm not I even sure like, who that is, but okay. Uh, he just, he's he just like, I want to see her. He, but he was like the creepy guy in front of us who kept taking pictures oh, of all the women. Yeah, that was, that was real gross. That <laughs> was a bit of a creep. Uh, and I <laughs> see him zooming in on his camera. Uh, and it's, uh, because again, women are, the women are up there. They're athletes. They're doing their thing. They're wearing various, you know, degrees of exposure. This dude, some more pants. Yeah, some more. Some well, <laughs> vinyl. <laughs> um, yeah, but this guy just, ugh, yeah, yeah, he just made me feel uncomfortable for yeah, the women. It's a, little, it's a little uncomfortable. I was like, let me not look at what this guy's doing because I'm going to be uber uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. But yeah, Richie. So again, sit, sitting next to somebody who not just you know you who knew what was going on, but another guy who was so invested, so excited, <laughs> the whole time. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty amazing experience uh from what like the promos we saw during the during the event wrestlemania and they showed clips of it in new orleans or is it going to be in new orleans i i forget it wasn't new orleans it's it gonna be in new york next year okay so when they showed clips of next that and it had seventy eight thousand people in attendance yeah <laughs> that's just... it's not a, it's not a game out here man people show up i you know i went to the wrestlemania when it was here um, and that was a lot of people. It was the Safeco field. And that mm-hmm. just it, Safeco. If, you, if you've been to Safeco before, it just didn't even look the same. It looked like a completely different place. Yeah. But yet they held wrestling in there. So you know, now let's work your way up. We'll get you up. We'll get you to a pay per view at some point, and um, maybe one of the bigger ones. Uh, okay. Get you to us. Uh, listen, a WrestleMania. A WrestleMania is fun, man. It's all these celebrities show up. They show up. Tons of people show up. Really? Always a lot of fun. Yeah, man. WrestleMania is fun. Okay. I mean, because I know that in the promo clips, they showed athletes and actors and a bunch of people, yeah. who, you know, celebrities who are at these events. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so as somebody who had kind of been making fun of wrestling most of my life. Uh, this, are you this, done now? Th- um, I won't say that I'm done making fun of it because it is. You have to admit there's a degree of absolute silliness with it. So, oh, for sure. But yeah, so, so but with that in mind, this experience was incredible. Uh, again, thank you to Damien for kind of orchestrating. Thank, thank you, Damien. All of I'm it. glad that experience it. Uh, yeah, it was it was amazing uh, seeing everything that close. Even if you know we go to another event and we are way up in the nosebleeds, having had that experience of being down front and the stuff that people were shouting at the wrestlers oh, because man. they they were within earshot. If you shout, 
something to Elias and you're making fun of him like a guy did in the third row, Elias kind of turned his head back for a second and then immediately turned back to the ring to be like, nope, yeah. I cannot focus on that right now. That if you ran to Braun Strowman in real life, there's no way you're shouting that stuff at him. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. So It was a lot of fun, man. It, it was exciting. It was, it was actually a really, really good Raw to be at. It was a really good explosive ending mm-hmm. with people jumping in the ring and, you know, it's all setting up for the big showdown this that's happening in, in Melbourne, Australia this Saturday. So it's a big setup for that. That was great. Um, we saw a lot of good wrestling, a lot of good heels, some good booze, some good yeah. chants. The guy dressed like Macho Man, him and his girlfriend. His there girlfriend were two guys that dressed was, like Macho Man directly to our right, and I was like, "Okay, sure." One guy had the full beard, though, man. He had the full. Yeah, he went. He went all Macho Man on it. He, he did. And yeah, his, but there was a lot of good stuff. He had a, a a woman with him. I assume she was dressed like sure. somebody in who Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. Oh, come I, on! I have no idea who that is. I okay, but I figured she had to do something with Macho Man because they were definitely coordinated. Yes. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of fun. It was a blast. I will be putting up a bunch more pictures. I took some pictures while I was there, but I was like, do I really want to be posting on social media as I'm watching it? No. So I just wanted to experience it. So I will put those up uh, eventually on my social media. So check those out. So yeah. So that is. Uh, oh, I guess, well, yeah, we, we can, I mean, officially rate it because it was a thing that we went to, uh, my official rating for Monday night raw at key arena here in Seattle, uh, is a good, I had a lot of fun. It seriously was the loudest event that I have been to in a very long time. That was impressive. Uh, one of the, how should I say this? One of the employees of WWE who I had doubted, uh, Tim. Again, you were right. I think I know. I think you know who I'm talking about. I do. We're uh, <laughs> we're, we're a respectful podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. So, Tim, you were right. We will leave it at that. So, You're welcome. Uh, yeah, You're so, welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I was that, right. I, the silhouette just I that was weird. That was took me by surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So my official rating is good, Tim. I mean, I already know what you were going to say, but go ahead, give your official rating. <laughs> It's good. It's good. I'm sending you. Uh, we talked about uh, Seth Rollins cashing in money in the bank at WrestleMania, so I'm sending you right. the clip of that, which I have no so idea what that means. Um, yeah, yeah. People had brief like suitcases. They like people came ready. They had belts. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was impressive. It was definitely impressive. So yeah, so that is the the full final recap of this week's episode. There's a review for Night School. A Star Is Born. Iron Fist Season 2, Hellfest, and Monday Night Raw. Tim, where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me at thepeoplescriticalblog.com, uh, People's Critic on Twitter, Instagram. You can check me out there. Uh, some reviews coming up for Venom, uh, First Man, The Hate You Give, Halloween, all that's coming. Very excited for that. Excellent. Uh, and as for this podcast, you can find it at About to Review on all forms of social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to abouttreview.com for full links to the show notes and guests. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast uh, catcher of choice. Uh, the other thing, again, like I, said, like I mentioned before, this Friday there will be an interview with John Davey, who is an actor who has been involved with Doctor Who for the past decade in various creatures, 
It was a ton of fun talking to him for a couple hours here in the studio. So look forward to that. So for this episode of the About to Review podcast, I have been joined by... Tim, the People's Critic. And I have been your host, that guy named John. We will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. To get ourselves a treat.